Welcome to Life on the Hill. If this is your first time joining us, this podcast is intended for Hamilton College students in the Hamilton College community to hear the voices of people committed to the success of Hamilton College students. My name is Travis Hill, and I'm the host of this program. In this episode, we hear from Katie Stewart, Assistant Director of Student Activities. Thanks for joining me, Katie. Thank you so much for having me, Travis. No problem. I can't believe we've waited this long to get you on the podcast. I'm excited for this. Not a problem. Better late than never, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So since this is your first time on the podcast, I always like to start with what brought you to Hamilton. So can you tell that story? Sure. So I am in my fifth year working at Hamilton in student activities. And prior to that, I was working in residential life at Syracuse University. So my partner was transitioning his position in his company from the Syracuse area to the Utica area, and we were transitioning together. And so I was looking at schools in the Utica area and happened upon Hamilton College. Uh And what actually kind of sold me was we took a drive out to campus one afternoon and just walked around on a Saturday and walked around the Glen And then we stopped by the diner area and I just stopped some random students and asked them what they thought about Hamilton to get candid perspectives. And the students were just so incredibly nice and happy and just seemed very down to earth Mm -hmm. people that it drew me in and I had to apply. That's awesome. That's really cool. That's a, that's a good approach. And lucky for us that your partner was moving to this area. Yes, it worked out. It's actually the only job I applied to. And I saw the job description and was like, I have to work in student activities. This sounds like everything I want to do. This will be so much fun. So it was kind of one of those like magic moments. You apply for that one thing and hope it works out. That's great. (laughs) Perfect. So that's a good segue, actually. I've come to realize that it's common that I interview folks from our division that work in student life. But I haven't really talked too awful much with any of the folks about the field itself. Like I personally am a first generation college student. I certainly didn't know student affairs as a field existed. Probably not not just at all, but even for a while while in college, it took me a while to kind of put together like, oh, these people like went to school for this. That's cool. Like, how did that happen? What is what is that? Yeah, absolutely. And so I'd love to hear your story about what brought you into this field. Sure. So I went to undergrad at RIT, which is in Rochester, New York. And my friends at the time kind of always made fun of me that I spent more time and energy doing clubs and activities than I did doing academics. Totally. You're laughing. Was that your same experience? Absolutely. So I got involved my freshman year as a first year student in Habitat for Humanity and in a couple of other clubs. But I remember Habitat was like my big, my big e-board position start. I started as secretary and then started planning alternative spring break trips. And then I applied for a job in the club resource center, which was basically an offshoot of a student activities office. Mm-hmm. And I spent 20 hours a week doing budgets. So basically I was the credit card person Uh and I worked with clubs on their purchases and did all the reconciling and thought it was just super fun and cool to see what clubs were doing. And then that led me into applying to be the org relations person on student assembly. 
And so that was kind of that draw there. Um, and the advisor to student assembly was the vice president for student affairs. And I think it was my junior year, he sat me down and was like, you do know you can do this like full time, right? And I looked at him and I remember being like, what? They're like, it's not too late. I didn't have to go to this for undergrad. Right. And that's when I learned that to do this higher ed services and administrative positions, it's a graduate degree program typically. And so it was kind of like everything I did during my undergraduate experience outside of the classroom, completely parallels to everything I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's really kind of that small world philosophy. If, if that person, that mentor didn't reach out and say anything to me about it being a profession, I would have never taken that path. Sure. But he got me right in time to start thinking about grad schools for my senior year to start applying. And then I actually went to the same grad school that you went to, Travis. I know, I know. How did you happen upon Bowling Green? So... Bowling Green was within 12 hours driving from home for me. I'm uh -huh. from the Sydney area. And for me, with, with the tightness of my family, I wanted to be able to drive home if needed. That was kind of my threshold. So Bowling Green was the farthest school that I applied to. Everyone else I did was in New York and Pennsylvania and Massachusetts. But I applied there because they had a really robust um, internship program where you had to have an internship to be part of the academic program and they paid you to do that and so financially it made sense to go to a program where you could get the boots on the ground experience and get some tuition support as well mm -hmm. and that's what kind of led me there yeah that's great you know it's funny our stories are similar in the sense and i bet that's kind of true across the field but i think ours might be extra similar so I was involved in all the things I got involved right away and I loved my academic experience at undergrad, but I certainly loved everything I was doing outside of the classroom more and in my the latter part of my junior year, I was meeting with the vice president of student affairs so the Dean Terry Martinez equivalent right for those that might not put it all together, because I was slated to be the vice president of student assembly for the my senior year. And so as the president and vice president for the following year, we were sitting down with the dean and he said uh, he was retiring that year. They were doing a search to replace him. And he said, what do you want to do when you're done here? And I said, just really being a smart aleck, I said, I want your job. And he said, well, you can have it actually. It's open at the moment. And then he looked at me and he said, are you serious? And I stopped and I, I realized like, oh, how do you get that job? And so I said, kind of, and he said in this, again, first-generation college student, he said, well, if you want to be a practitioner, then you should go to Indiana University of Pennsylvania, <laughs> and if you want to potentially get your PhD, you should go to Bowling Green State University, and I applied to those two programs and a few others and fell in love with Bowling Green and ended up going there, but... Uh, but yeah, it was this like moment when he said it, like, are you, are you serious? And I thought I wasn't, but now I am. And here I am many years later. It's amazing. Yeah. I think Bowling Green at the time that I was there was just before a lot of the original theorists retired. So a lot of the faculty were the people who were in my textbooks doing the research and the studies. And so I think that's probably why Bowling Green came to the dean that I spoke with to his mind. Sure. Um, 
and recommending potential schools as well. But yeah, very small world, very similar experiences. And actually, I remember a couple of other people I graduated with in my same class year went and did higher education as their graduate school as well. One of them was on the e-board of CAB, or like mm -hmm. the CAB at my undergrad. And the other one was also part of student government. So it's kind of fun to see that network and kind of see how people who get involved in their college years then want to give back and continue to provide that leadership and opportunity for other students. Absolutely. So obviously being involved on campus transformed our lives in meaningful ways. You know, not everybody goes into this as their field of work. Most people don't, but there are still many benefits to getting involved. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So just from a very bird's eye view perspective, there's a lot of research out there and just general trends that say that students that are involved are more likely to be retained at their college and to complete their four-year career um, or however long it takes them to get that done. Sure. And so from just that very basic perspective, there's kind of just some knowledge there that says if you're involved, sometimes that correlates to happiness, that correlates to a sense of community, a sense of belonging and purpose, but it's also about exploring and trying new things. Mm. So something that I really wish that I knew when I was you know, a first year in college was that this is the, the time when you get to dabble and just try new things that you've never tried before. And even if you're terrible at it, that that's totally okay. Sure. So like we have clubs at Hamilton, obviously, that are a wide breadth of activities and topics and interests, and it's okay to try something. You know, if you've never been skiing, you can go on a ski skiing trip with the powder club. If you've never been ice skating, you can learn how to ice skate. And that this is like a very safe, comfortable, easy way to do that before you go out into quote unquote, the real world. And it's kind of like, you have to find those experiences on your own and find places to do them. Hamilton has it all built in for you. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, agreed. So one of the things that we certainly have students who I imagine at this point are still trying to figure out what they want to be involved in. We have students who change the things that they do over the course of their four years. And then we also have students who may be a little bit over-involved. How do you help guide students in finding the right balance of getting involved, trying new things, but also making sure that they're leaving time for their own well-being and their academics? Yes, so that is a very tricky balance to maintain. And it does vary a little bit person to person just based sure. on the level of busyness you like to have, the mm -hmm. level of involvement you like to have, and also other aspects. If you have a job or if, you have, if you're on an athletic team, that's gonna impact your commitments as well. But in general, I think when you're starting out, it's really important to take small steps before committing to a major position or a major commitment within an organization. So when you're trying out a club or an organization, you know, go to the first couple of meetings get a sense of the vibe. Do you feel like it's a good fit for you? Do you feel like it's people you gel with? Does the activity still interest you? Mm -hmm. And then once you have some time being a member, then it's kind of thinking about, okay, is there further involvement I want within this particular group? And how much time do I want to commit to that particular activity? And so there's different variations where if you are the president or co-president of an organization, 
you probably have a bigger time commitment than some of the other committee or secretarial type positions within the organization. Mm -hmm. And so trying to make sure that you're not just collecting titles for your resume. Obviously that's, there's benefits to have things on your resume, but it still looks good to be a member of something and a participant. You don't have to be the president of every single thing you're part of. And just knowing, you know, the thing that always resonated with me, and I have no idea who said this quote, but the quote is, if you're a jack of all trades, you're a master of none. Sure. And that's always really resonated with me because that was me when I started in undergrad and taking on so many activities, I started to feel overwhelmed quickly and realized that I couldn't be a master of all of those things without the quality I was putting into them suffering. Mm -hmm. Sure or my mental health or my time and my stress level suffering. And so kind of realizing that every person only has 24 hours in a day and you can't just, you know, add time to your clock because you want to do more. And just knowing that it's okay to have those boundaries. It's okay to use the rest of your board for help when you do need support and learning those skills of just being part of a team and being able to collaborate, I think are really important as well. Yeah, that's, that's a great, Great rundown. I appreciate that. I One of the things I think about a lot when I look at our students, Andrew Jillings from Outdoor Leadership and I have had this conversation as it relates to orientation leaders, that there's this mindset of, like you said, collecting titles sometimes. Some students are approaching it in that way for a variety of reasons. But then there's something to be said for a depth of experience, seeing things through enough that you actually understand it at a different level Because a lot of times if you're collecting titles and you're jumping from thing to thing, you get access, kind of like you said, the the jack of all trades version, but it's worth taking time to decide if you want to be a master of some and deciding which those are and what, what your motivations are. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to your original question, you know, for students who are trying to figure out what it is that they want to do. I definitely encourage students to go to the student activities website and from there you can link to the student assembly page you can link to the campus activities board there's a whole listing of all the clubs and organizations that we offer on campus and when you look at the listing of clubs and organizations every single club has an organization email address and so you can email the club directly and just see, you know, I know it's a COVID semester, but are you still meeting and what are you doing in this semester and see how you can still get involved. So on that note, obviously you referenced the COVID semester. I know that that is challenging for everybody. And I know that people are probably actively looking for opportunities to make new connections and to get involved. So what are some of the things that are going on? What are some of the plans going forward? I know FebFest is something that is underway already, which is is not necessarily the same thing as getting involved, but it's certainly a fun thing to do and ways to connect with people. So can you give a little bit of insight on FebFest as well as other fun things that might be going on? Absolutely. So to start with FebFest, so for students who are new to campus and haven't seen an on-campus FebFest in a traditional year, um, FebFest started as a winter carnival back in, I believe it was 1925, so almost 100 years ago. And the winter carnival was like a one day or a weekend of activities that was kind of just meant to break up the monotony of winter (laughs) and bring some fun and spice to life in February on the hill. Mm -hmm. 
and it dwindled out from what I understand in the 90s. And then in 2000, it came back and was rebranded as FebFest. And originally it had the snowman logo and, and the snowman's name was Wally. I don't know if you remember that. Um, Wally wasn't around by the time I got to Hamilton, but sure. FebFest as the name and as the tradition kind of always maintained. So it's always been for the, at least since I've been here. So five years, we've had FebFest that ranges usually over a week. And it's a series of events that's really just meant to provide some fun, some enjoyment and some different activities to help students enjoy winter and to just help with the, the cold snap of the semester, essentially. And so we typically do ice skating, lots of hot chocolate. We do sledding and different like ice sculpture and snow sculpture competitions and different outdoor activities. And we've also generally partnered with CAB to do different events. So we traditionally hold a comedy show and a concert or acoustic show during FebFest and a few other special events. So for this year, because we are in a little bit of a different semester and wanting to expand the fun and keep the, the fun and merriment alive longer, we're doing FebFest for the whole month of February. And so it's three weeks instead of one. And we're still collabing with all of those same campus partners. So the events are being offered by SADOF programming and late nights, by student activities, CAB, several student organizations are hosting events. And then we also work with different offices. So outdoor leadership is really coming in hot with their outdoor activities and the rentals. And something super new and exciting that we've never done before is they're working on a maple sugaring operation that's going to be running out of the back of the Glen House the last week of February. So we're super excited about that. But this year we have, it's a mostly virtual or hybrid kind of grab and go activity setup that we're working on. And we're still working to do a couple of virtual concert shows. So those will be kind of storyteller style where it'll be an audience Q&A plus some performance by the artists, which are always really fun and have been pretty well attended this year. Awesome. Very cool. That sounds very fun. Thank you. And of course, the swag drops. Swag drops have always been a big part of FebFest is just kind of getting some winter gear. Mm -hmm. And so we'll be doing some of those as well. And for students who are studying remotely, we're sending home FebFest in a box that students can sign up for to get some swag and some activities that they can do at home to still feel like they're part of the community. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks for doing that. So yeah, that's pretty much our game plan for FebFest. Outside of FebFest, we're still working with all of our clubs and organizations and our SADOF programmers to hold a wide range of programs throughout the semester. We're also working with a committee of seniors to come up with some sort of senior-minded programming to offer. For example, for FebFest, we're doing some senior sledding. And so different activities to keep the seniors engaged in their last semester on the Hill as well. So in addition to a lot of the activities that the student organizations are putting on, we're also always having conversations within the division about different program offerings that we can hold and how we can bring things in person to campus. Um, as the weather gets a little bit nicer, we will be putting back out the fire pits for campfire pits with friends, and we are going to get the canopies so that students can have um, activities, whether they're informal or formally planned activities under those canopies as well. 
And of course, all of the beautiful spaces on campus are being meticulously groomed for outdoor snowshoeing, outdoor skiing, and different nice snow weather activities. If at any point any students have any ideas for events that we haven't tried yet or something that you'd like to see us bring to campus, we always look for that feedback and welcome it. Students can reach out directly to me or Noelle Misnick from Student Activities. You can contact our SADOV programming team at the SADOV at hamilton.edu email address. And then we're also part of the Student Life Steering Committee, which is a subcommittee of the COVID Task Force that meets weekly to talk about student engagement and life on the Hill and how to engage students. And so anytime students have ideas or there's things you think that we can be doing better, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out because a lot of the things we're doing have been ideas that came from this collaboration with student groups and student ideas. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say while we're chatting that I have a lot of appreciation for the work that you and Noel have done with your collaborators in facilities management and the events office and many other offices to really try to look to offer as many things as we can in a safe way. And I think that you've, you've really created a process that I think is efficient and effective for doing that. And I appreciate it. Well, thank you. We hope that students are having fun. We hope that students are able to engage with their friends and their organizations. And we're really doing our best to support clubs in, in getting active. I think it took all of us a little bit of time in the fall to get our bearings and our feet under us in terms of figuring out what to do and how to do it. But even the student organizations are starting to really thrive in this virtual space. And something that I didn't see as much in the past before COVID was how much engagement there is on social media. Mm. So if you're an Instagram user, a lot of our clubs and organizations and our offices, for example, Student Activities has a presence on social media and we're constantly running contests or providing information there as well. And so that can be a great resource to get connected. Absolutely. Is there anything we're missing? I don't think so. I think that pretty much covers it. I mean, I hope people get super stoked for FebFest. Right. Now, some things have already happened. Yes. So on Monday, we had an ice sculptor on campus that carved our FebFest penguin outside of Sadov. He'll be actually back on campus each week of FebFest to carve a different ice sculpture in different locations. So students can take their photos with those. Last night, we had a virtual calligraphy workshop to learn some hand lettering and calligraphy if you wanted to spice up your journals. And tonight on the docket, we have a virtual movie screening watch party as part of Black History Month. Mm. So we're watching Sylvie's Love on Amazon Watch Party. That's great. And yeah, speaking of Black History Month, in addition to that collaborative effort, the folks over in the DMC are doing all kinds of great programs as well to get engaged with this month. Yes, absolutely. Very good. Well, Katie, thank you so much for taking the time. It was really nice chatting with you. No problem. I really appreciate it. I'm so happy to get the word out to students, and I really hope that students can feel like they are home at Hamilton this semester. Agreed. That was Katie Stewart, Assistant Director of Student Activities. Stay tuned for future episodes. This is Life on the Hill.